0: Welcome to another episode of The Fezic Focus, brought to you by pregame.com here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. I'm Scott Sadenberg alongside AJ Hoffman and the only two-time winner of the super contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how are we doing?
1: I am excellent, and I'm looking forward to getting your gentleman's feedback on a
2: controversial item I'm going to be discussing today in my Fez Tales. Well, let's get Is to it's it. Is about about uh, transgender and women's athletics? I of course, I'm, controversial. I'm not going to touch the topic about <laughs> why this is the most ludicrous topic ever. Then uh, no one could possibly disagree. I'm just kidding. Just let's not go there. Okay, I'm not yeah, going to go there. We're not going to go there, no matter what. Yeah, all right. right.
0: Well, let's. Start I have off no this comment. Ep- let's start off this episode with a fez tale. What's on your mind?
1: All right. So I'm going to go way back in time. Before I was like betting sports seriously, I first cut my teeth playing some blackjack when I was like 23, 24. This is like the late 80s. All right. And so I grew up... My first exposure to, like, gambling books and to gambling people was with Blackjack. And we'd even have, like, a Blackjack um, get-together, green chip get-together quarterly where all the Blackjack good players would all discuss methods. I went to the Blackjack ball for several years, actually placed third, which is a miracle because I'm not that good of a Blackjack player. Why do they call it the Blackjack ball? Is it like a dance? It, you, you had to dress up. And, well, you, you didn't have to dress up, but you had to bring, like, a a, a bottle of good champagne, meaning, <laughs> like, like, a dome. A bo- For, at least a bottle of Dome. Jack. So this was when Max Rubin was hosting it, and so I went there several times. and they'd have a they'd have a quiz, miscellaneous gambling questions, like twenty of them, and who the top four who answered the most questions advanced to the final four, And I was lucky enough to guess right on enough questions to make the final four once. But if there's one thing that kind of was consistent is that Blackjack players, Pretty much, at least back then, I don't think anything has changed. They don't like casinos, mm-hmm. all right? We are kind of—and it makes sense in many ways because all you see is casinos— everywhere you go, the casinos taking advantage of players, all right? They're, they're, the payouts on the slots are atrocious. The Keno, they're holding 20%. If you're a bad player, you can bet a zillion dollars. You can bet as much as you want for as long as you want and get pummeled. But my goodness— should you actually find a edge against a casino, they cry like little babies. They are like, "How could you do that to me?" You know, and 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 like so, blackjack players have almost a contempt for casinos where they feel like it's almost like I'm being taxed unfairly by the king, and I'm going to rebel. And if I can, if if I can get a five percent edge, you know, I'm going to do it. If I get a huge edge, because the casino's sloppy, if I'm not breaking the law, or do anything wrong, I'm going to take advantage of it best I can, as long as I can, doing every possible legal way to, including but not limited, there would be guys that would, like, you know, go in in wheelchairs so they could be lower to the ground so they could see the dealer's whole card. Oh, oh wow. My goodness. All right? All right? Things, th- things like that. And I was brought up in all that. It's like, hey, that's the cost of doing business. If you're a casino and you're sloppy, um, one time at the Hard Rock, they dealt an LSU football game, LSU plus 35 against Louisiana Monroe. You know what cost of doing business? If you're so fucking incompetent that you're going to put LSU as a 35 point dog and get the sign wrong, well then if somebody comes in and plays 100 parlays, 90 dollars away, which I know a guy that did this, parlaying LSU plus 35 to everything, that's perfectly fine. I I don't see anything like I, I I didn't see anything greatly wrong with it back when I was in LA. And I was coming up to Vegas, and it's like, but that's that's what that's what Vegas does to all the tourists. Sure, every, you know every every you know basically. I mean, not to that level, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there are sports book managers; they have no problem putting out a ties lose parlay card on a Super Bowl with number of fumbles lost one, number yeah. of sacks four, number of interceptions thrown two. Ties lose, right? I, I, where the house edge is like the the gaming commission would never approve it. The house edge is so high. So almost by definition when a casino or a sports book manager cries about how they're being taken advantage of it it's very hard for me to have a lot of sympathy now having said that that this was when I lived in LA and I would and and I I be the first one to say you know if you're in Louisiana or Texas and you come to Vegas and you spot something like this, I say go for the jugular. You, you I mean there is no reason that you're not you're not in one not in your home state or your home casino, do whatever it takes legally to, to, to win. Now having said that, I live in Vegas. So um and You don't and, wanna bite the only hand. Exactly. And 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 I have relationships and I have players that wanna play and I recommend books for them to play in. And so and 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 places let me play, and they're very for the most part, and they're very generous about it. Um, not you know, maybe they might back me off a little, but still allowing me to play, and they know I'm gonna win in the long run. And so because of that, all right, I pump the brakes, and I'm like, I'm like they're, they're you know, they're playing ball, I'll play ball, and I'll you know, and, and and I'll be cool. If a number's like really off, I'll just tell them, hey, you know, LSU should be fair against Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't do anything like that anymore, but I would have back in the 90s. Don't get me wrong, I would have jumped at it. Um, I remember one time there was a game at the Imperial Palace. Reno was playing UNLV and they got the start time wrong. So it was in the second quarter and the parley card still had it listed at starting at two o'clock. And I said, <laughs> Oh, I wonder if I play that game if it'll say the game has started. And it flew right through. I'm like, All right. Let's go. Let's dance. You know, I mean, that's again, that's that's the casino's cost of doing business. They're doing plenty of things with ties, lose parlay cards and with um a, 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 and the like taking advantage of, of other ill-informed people. And I, I don't see any difference, really. Now I see the difference because I'm like, all right, I I mean, I, I, I've got to preserve my my places to play at and I can't take shots like that if they. um But I mean, it's a difficult question. Let me ask both of you. What do you think about my stance that if, if you're not from Vegas, just do whatever you want. But if you're a pro and you live here, you 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 really care. yeah.
2: Like if there's if there's if you're here for t- two weeks and you're going to be banned from the MGM sportsbook, who cares? Yeah. Uh, now I will say this: if you are. Someone who regularly goes to the MGM and you've built up a bunch of points and uh, you get free room and so you might not want to burn that exactly. So now if they're but most places you, will match, right? Yeah. So if they're treating you right, if they're treating you well, I think
1: they have built up some equity with you. That if, if yeah, if if if, if a sports book is a top five sports book and they're giving you comps and they're you know allowing you to play, I think they built an equity with such that if you put up a line and BYU is playing Utah State and BYU should be laying 12 and they put Utah State minus 12, I think then, all right, you tell them. You say, you know, hey, the numbers – but I'm perfectly fine with you just betting it, you know? Yeah. And and, you know what? If they can't see also, hey, wait a minute, I got A.J. Hoffman betting this game. Wait a minute, does this line look right to me? It's just like, you know – and and the one thing that really stood out to us the most when we started coming to Vegas is the utter – um i'm trying to th- think of the way to describe it um everyone does their job and nobody tries to get extra credit okay meaning if if the sports book um guy that's responsible for the lines puts up a bad number it's remarkable how and this is in Chris Andrews book where they once put up they put up uh, allegedly i don't know if this is a true story they put up um Hockey teasers where they gave each side plus five and a half. (laughs) All right, and so that's an example. Well, that's a story. I don't know if it was really true, but and they once put up um, Roxy Roxborough read like they're going to put up totals on Ivy League games, and they and Roxy's like, okay, so make Princeton ninety seven, and they put up one ninety seven. They thought it was like he was just being too cool for school, not putting the one, you know. So they didn't realize. No, it's just ninety seven. Back before the shot clock and like, but the (laughs) I mean, but on stuff like that, like that's in the book. But I wonder like is it true i guess it had to have been um but do you not have one competent employee you know that's working ticket writer mm-hmm. you know um a cocktail waitress pit boss manager that just go, hey that number is wrong you know it's it, it's almost like how can everyone not realize you know, and it's almost like, well, if the entire staff is that incompetent, if Starbucks is going to let me buy a steak
2: for ninety nine cents, I should be able to buy as many as I want. So here is my question: I, I, I'll ask both of you this. This is a morality question, I suppose. Let's say you're you are playing blackjack, and you push. You've got seventeen. Dealers got seventeen, and they the dealer pays you. Yeah, you take it. I you take move it. on. You take it. Yeah, every time. You are actually is, is it stealing? Like, do you not. feel guilty about it, or is it just? No, of course not. It's not my job. I see dealers like okay. I see dealers take yeah, guys' they're, money.
1: They're,
0: they're moving too fast. I, I, dealers, I, dealers. Sometimes dealers grab will grab my chips when I push. Yeah, and all, I go, all the I go, time. I go, I go whoa, 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 whoa. I go exactly. I got nineteen, and then they go, huh, huh, sorry, sorry, and, got nineteen. And
1: and eighty yeah. percent of the time, the, the, the that might be high. Seventy-eight percent of the time, the mistake is against the player. Oh, I'm sure it's happening all the time. The dealer, and and like, and actually, the dealer will be mad at you if you correct the dealer when they pay you because now you're calling them out. For the the pit boss has to come over and authorize, and now you just expose the dealer for having made a mistake. So that it, it it absolutely not. And, and I, I had
0: I had a I I called the pit boss over one time because the dealer did it twice to me and I was down a lot of money. So I was losing and twice I had pushed and they grabbed my chips because, I mean, I was losing every hand. So they were so used to taking my chips. And so the first time I was like, whoa, whoa, I pushed the second time. I, I was like, this is the second time you did this. And then I waved the person over and I go, this is the second time they did this to me. And, and it was like I'm sorry, sorry, you know, new person, just started. Break in dealer, sure, sure. You know, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. You don't
1: be, but, but, but you know what? I, I have no sympathy because th- this is the sort of thing, you know. If you're not good at, at at this, go home and practice. You know, that's that. That's what you see. All these guys that become CEOs, they like they they they, they practice till their their fingers bleed on on, on any, any any entry level job with things like that. But I've seen the situation, and literally everyone's such a stone cold sucker. I've seen people like get short paid by a dealer, and three hands later, they're tipping the dealer. Yeah. it's like what is wrong with you you know it's like if I you know if, if I go through McDonald's and I give a guy 20 for a five dollar happy meal you know and and, and he gives me five dollars back for change uh I'm not tipping him the rest of his life I'm sorry that <laughs> now I, I have
0: I have a friend who is actually banned from one of the uh, from a couple of properties out here because they're multiple owners uh I'm not gonna say which but The dealer incorrectly gave him back an extra $25, Mm -hmm. and he didn't say anything. Yeah. And then kept playing, and they came up to him. Security came up to him and said, you stole $25. Like, they said you grabbed an extra chip that was on the table. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, we have you on camera taking an extra $25 chip that was on the table. And he's like, well, maybe the dealer paid me the $25, but I didn't reach and take $25. Right. And they said, well, with all due respect, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And they said, you're no longer
1: allowed at our property. To be fair, probably what happened is your friend probably was told you could either give the $25 chip back or you're going to have to leave. Because I've seen this happen, mm. you know, where they've – the where, where I feel so, like I
2: would have wanted to see the video, like if someone accused me of that. Yeah, I'm sure his friend knew though. I'm sure he well, was, Yeah, I mean he I knew mean, that, yeah. he's
0: like the dealer paid me out twenty five yeah. extra dollars. Yeah,
2: but i but but but, almost, but he's
0: like he's like I didn't steal it. He's like the deal he's like I won a hand. He's like he was playing fifty dollars he's like he was I, playing seventy five
1: dollars a hand. This happens and the in,
0: dealer gave him four greens. This happens instead in, of three.
1: This happens in sports and it happens in blackjack all the time. And almost universally what happens is that the casino asks for the money back and if you don't give it back, you get barred. All right. So this has happened to me um like in sports um one time I I'm always so busy. I I, was, I think I owed like $880 at station and they paid me $880 at Green Valley Station. So the next time I came in, they said, Steve, you know, gotta talk to you. You know? And and they asked me. And I said, Oh that no problem. You know, I'm, I'm sure you know, I will um but if if I'd said no, I'm sure they would have said, Well then we just can't have you play there anymore. And and one time I can't remember if it was a thousand or five thousand dollars chip, but I think it was five thousand. I got I got paid five thousand dollars extra at the Barbary Coast once. What? And so how's that yeah, happen? It, it's because it's like you get paid six chips instead of five. You know, it, ha- it it does happen. It's the Wild Wild West. And so, you know, Jimmy Vaccaro once said he made he, when asked about a big discrepancy. One he once said he asked the, he, to the employee. He says, "Did you steal it?" that the guy's like, "I'm not I'm not balancing by a hundred thousand. He's like, "Did you steal it?" No. Well then, we we'll let accounting figure it out, you know, and we'll let surveillance figure out what happened. Okay, yes, um, but I'm, I'm. It's hard for me to have a lot of sympathy for the casino. I look at all this like dealers overpaying, dealers flashing whole cards. Um, okay, in the past, maybe they could take a hammer to to people's hands and the like. <laughs> but it's the cost of doing business. If you if, if you make mistakes, it's, you know what. Don't make mistakes. Have check, have guys check. I, I'll use an example, guy. We both know. I firmly believe if you if you gave Brad Powers you know, we're about to go, we're about to go live with every one of our lines. Brad, can you take a look at it spend thirty eight seconds? I don't think he i don't, I don't think he'd ever miss a line off by ten. He'd go boom no mistake. I mean, and yet most casino employees lack the competence to be able to do that because they're just doing the spreadsheet they don't really they don't know how good lSU is and they don't know how good other teams are. Mm-hmm. you know they're just you know inputting like what's numbers. the
2: requirement to get that job then? Like, if you don't know, like, how do you get that job? Got to know somebody. It's
1: all juice. Everyone who has a job in Nevada for years and years, it was just—you had to know someone who knew somebody. You know, that's— And that's why, in many ways, Nevada has remained a dinosaur for years and years and years— in that um, lack of innovation, because we never really, everyone we brought in was like my cousin Vinny, you know, to come in and yeah, and be able to you know work for me without having it's like you NFL know, head coaches. And, and he, it is very <laughs> very similar to <laughs> the, good, and, the good old boys. But um, but I do think like like I said, you know, when when you're part of a community, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit if I if I spend guys if I spend a weekend in Minnesota and I go to sports books, you know, of course, I'm going to do anything that legal to win. You know, if like if they put up a bad number, you know, and they have a five hundred dollar limit on something, I, uh, all right, shoot me. I'm sorry, I'm a bad guy. I'll bet four hundred dollars times four if I'm in Minnesota. Hmm. You know, it's just that's that's the way I'm programmed. I'm like I can't help myself. It's like get the number right. You know why? Because you're cheating every everyone around me at that casino is being cheated and I'm by by by, by and being short paid by such a great extent that edge I have on this bet is so much smaller than the edge the casino has against all these players that they're just plowing into the ground that I just I, I can't help myself. It's like, well, that's your job to stop me from doing that. I'm sorry. Dude, what do you guys think? Is that, um, it, is, is that cool that I go for the jugular when I'm traveling like that, or is that like I am I being a nothing, jerk? Nothing wrong
2: with that at if all. If there's nothing wrong with uh, keeping the payout from the dealer, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. taking yeah. advantage of mistakes. Uh, all right, let's get into XFL. What week are we in, Fez? Is this week seven? We're into week seven now. Yes. Have you have you changed? I'm
0: curious. Last week when we talked about your power rankings, you did not have the undefeated DC Defenders number one. Has that changed
1: Yes, now? I do have DC number one now. They still have very mediocre underlying stats, but at some point when you're 6-0, you're taking care of the ball, and impressive win last week. So, because of that game and beating Houston handily by 11, even though they lost the stats by a lot, <laughs> I um I it went. Seems ahead. like they
0: get a pick six every week, though.
1: Yeah, they got a pick six at the end of the first half, and that t- it was it was a one point game, and then it turned into a nine point game, and that was all she wrote in that game. Uh, I still think I really nothing has changed. I still the South Houston's going to win the South, and there's three teams that can win the North: DC. Seattle, maybe St. Louis, but either really either D.C. or Seattle, and D.C. will be home, so they'll have the edge. I think they're going to be home in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to be doing the playoffs just in Texas, and the travel is a big advantage for Houston because they they're going to be in Texas seven of the ten weeks, whereas Seattle and D.C. are are flying out like seven of ten weeks. So because of that, um, I still have I, I I I reloaded. I played more Houston than plus two sixty this week. Um, and I I do think Houston plus 230 is still a very, very good bet. I can't see any scenario that they're
2: not in the playoffs as a major favorite in the semifinals and then about close to a pick in the finals. Who's the other team from the West, you think, or the South, excuse me, that makes the playoffs? Uh, none of them. They, they all stink. <laughs> I mean, one of them has to make it, obviously. like, do you, like yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, San Antonio. It's obviously not Orlando.
1: So Orlando's he, not going to win a game. <laughs> um, San Antonio's on their third-string quarterback, and their entire line, line is injured, so Arlington is going to make the playoffs, and
2: they're terrible. They have no offense. Uh, Bob Stoops is a pretty good coach. But uh, they have the worst offense. So it's like a free, a free walk for Houston, essentially, is what it feels like. Whereas the other team, it's more of a toss-up on who's going to be there.
1: I think Arlington's going to be, yes. Be, and in
2: the north, it, it, is, it, it is. D.C.'s favored, but um, certainly... Um, what, like what, when you power rate these teams, what's the gap between, say, D.C. and Houston, and then Houston and Seattle, who I assume is your, your third best team? Yeah, D.C.'s a 5.5, Houston's
1: a 4, Seattle's a
2: 3. Right. Oh, so there's more of a gap between D.C. and Houston than I would have thought you'd have. How but much? What was your adjustment based on this week? I, I bumped D.C. up two points just because I
1: wanted to be lockstep with the market. I don't really believe this, okay, but I want to put a number that's somewhat reasonable with the overall market. And with that, up, just by example— I have the Orlando game lined at eight and a half, all right, and so I still like Orlando plus ten. It's very hard though because they're coached by Buckley and he's, he's one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. <laughs> so like, do I want to back an absolutely an, a winless team with an absolutely terrible coach that like you know throws his headset and screams when when all his players are messing up and it's like, yeah, but you're you're the worst player on the, you, you know you, you're're you're, you're the very worst of all the the, the 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 um slots on your team, so yell at yourself, um, having said all that. I'll probably give Orlando to my clients as long as they stay plus 10. I'm still holding out for a plus 10.5. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of support for Orlando by the public in that game, so who knows what happens game day. They're so bad. Uh, well, so bad. The action
0: starts on Friday, Seattle taking on Arlington, and Seattle is a five-point road favorite. Is that too high?
1: Probably. Um, well, I make it, my number's four and a half, and this happens all the time as, as a as a league goes on, mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder because I, the numbers kind of converge to what my power ratings are. So every week, I like literally the numbers came up I'm like stupid number, limit bet, stupid number, limit bet. And now this week, I was like, ah, pass, ah, pass, ah, lean. No stupid numbers. No, no stupid numbers anymore because now everybody knows. Everybody knows DC is the best team, and Houston is the second best team, well, and Orlando is the worst team. Actually, San Antonio is worse than Atlanta right now. But you know what? People are aware of
2: that. That's why a god awful Vegas team is laying three against San Antonio. Well, when you say people are aware of it, like I would think if I'm circa. And I know you're showing up, and you're. I'm assuming you're the only person showing up and hammering these XFL numbers. The now somebody beat, open. somebody
1: beat me to the punch. Someone took Orlando plus twelve.
2: I got oh I, 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 you I, got I,
1: swooped. I, I, got, I, I got I got swooped. Somebody somebody was ready faster than I was this week, and it because NCAA game was going on, oh. and I was live betting that. And and I'll go back to like you got a live bet. You just have to live bet. There's like I'll go back. There was cont- controversy. Controversy. If you're live betting and you're trying and you're not winning, I do not believe you. I just don't believe you. It's like you got to show me how you could possibly be losing in live betting and like and someone's like, "Well, I've been playing against my bookie or whatever and I've been losing." It's like, well, "No, no, you need to you need to try. You need to have lots of outs, mm-hmm. you know, like as an example right now Circus dealing um live wagering on on the NIT game tonight. Um the uh, of course, Harris Caesars is uh, William Hill was dealing it. Uh, you've got it in offshore places, so like literally, if you've got like four outs, there's enough of a differential. You're almost paying no vig as you're playing the games. Now, why UAB didn't foul at the end of the game? I didn't watch the end game, but it's like amazing how all year long teams will foul. You know, down. You know twelve points in the final minute, and then you'll see a championship game where a team's down six, and you'll see like four points get scored in the final minute. Thank God I wasn't
2: live wagering in the final ninety seconds. I would have gotten buried playing over there were they were down uh they were down four with like forty something seconds left foul I mean that's the right I'll move. hack him, but I think they thought like if we get a stop here and we score, then we'll start fouling. But the problem was, North Texas buries a shot, then and if, now if, the game's over. If you bet North Texas money line, what do you want, you want I, me to do? I want I want you to I want you to foul, uh, or no, I, if, if, I want I want you to let the clock run. Of course, Excuse me, yeah. Of if, I, if I bet North Texas, because so. it's just it, it, everything has to go right. Having having a even a
1: four point lead with eighteen seconds left is almost insurmountable. Whereas having no, I agree. You know, a six-point lead with 34 seconds left. Um, hashtag Jimmy Valvano. Hashtag North Carolina State. Hashtag Four Miracle Wins. Fouling. Yeah. So, but with
0: a lot of these live bets, like only being available during you know commercials. You don't have a lot of time. What, you just have all the apps open on your phone. and You just check them all during the commercial and then I, fire I, off the best ones.
1: I've got they're on the, the Don Best screen, so okay. I, I can look and see as they pop up. But, mm-hmm. but I, I got to tell you, I've been I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 literally, even though there's no lag, I'm going into Circa and I'm going into um, Caesars and I'm like I'm 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 constantly typing because I want to see that first number pop up. Mm. You know, and then oftentimes. Oftentimes, like, let's say I like under, for instance, and one book puts up 35 and one book puts up 34 and a half, and then I see the 34 and a half in a sharp book, and I liked under, mm-hmm. and I immediately go to 34. I'm like, give me some under 135. Quick. Hurry. Yes. Got it. You know, it's like—and and I try to only bet it during—you're right, during TV timeouts, because otherwise, it's you have the spinning wheel of death where they're—are they going to prove you're under? Are they going mm-hmm. to prove you're under? For three, splash. Oh, you're approved.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many times do you put the bet in, and then it's like— the current odds have changed. Your current odds have changed. But yeah. to be
1: fair, and you know, and, and I'll tell Matt Metcalf this, and I'm sure he's aware. You know, I'm I'm betting live all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, there are times where the the game has tipped like two seconds before. I don't I, now. I don't see it. Um, my my TV is like eighty, like eight, maybe fifty seconds behind the yeah, actual action. Yeah, when you're
0: action. streaming, you're always behind. Yeah,
1: but I I literally I can I know what's happened because I can see the odds change at at, at a book like. At another book, so mm-hmm. it's not unusual where I'll see the total go from one thirty-two to one thirty-three and a half. I know someone just hit a shot, and Circus still has the one thirty-two. I'll bet it. It's that's not my yeah. job. It is not my job to monitor when the game has started, and I'm unaware. You know, I'm just looking at the underlying market, but I know that jump wouldn't have happened without there. You know, something favorable to the over happening.
0: Oh, it's so wild! Like you know, like you're a sports book, you have to really be. Just on top of a your job. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like It's imagine. hard.
1: It's hard because remember, you're earning. All you're doing is earning. And you don't want to piss off your customers. You don't want people betting at halftime. And then you say, the game is off when the game – but wait. We're at commercial still. What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. Let me bet. I just want to play. You know? So that's, it's, it, it actually is a very difficult thing for sportsbooks to have to do it. Now, if any sports books listening to me, if I ran a sports book, I would basically – Put some kind of alert, you know, where I'd say limits are now fifty percent. I would cut the limits in the fi- I, I would leave it up, and if I normally took two thousand, for instance, for a halftime, I cha- I lower my limits to a nickel in the final minute. In before- the final minute, I say game is about to to, to now I'm protected, mm-hmm. and now you know what, and I'd leave it up until the game actually
2: the first play went because the the sports books they pay extra to get like a an immediate feed, right? Like their yes. their feed is ahead of our feed,
1: but even if their feed tells them. I believe that the game has started. they still ha- need a human being to take their little finger and click off on on the second half okay it, it, it isn't that feed doesn't automatically feed into their system to tell them to take that off
0: yeah, interesting. Uh, let's get back to the XFL on Saturday we have a double header uh San Antonio here in Vegas and Vegas what a matchup down to two and a half now. Uh, and you said that they're dumb enough to make Vegas a favorite. So it's... I would
1: bet. I bet Vegas minus two. I think really? Vegas will win. San Antonio, they're and it, I. I mean, I. I don't have all these guys outlined. I can tell you, San Antonio. Every time I watch them, the announcers say, "Oh, and their fourth offensive lineman is out now." You know, their entire offensive line is now out from where they started, and they're on their third string quarterback. So, um but the second string quarterback can play. I don't really understand that. So if you don't have any quarterbacks, your running backs hurt. Your receivers are banged up, and all your linemen are hurt. I don't see how you cannot be the worst team in the XFL again. you know, you're sleeping with the devil here betting Las Vegas because their coach, is uh, who is it uh, Woodson? He's terrible, also. So and and he complains almost as much as Buckley about how bad his players are screwing up. But I'll say this: um, Vegas, they have some talent on offense, and they certainly should be able to put up points. And that and San Antonio cannot score. So at at less than three, it's a go on Vegas. I wouldn't lay three though. You mentioned uh,
0: Vegas scoring. Like, do we still like Vegas overs? That was something you talked about last week.
1: We did until they scored six points last week. That ah. was, but that yes, um, directionally, that was the only game that I lost. But San Antonio is um, they and you know what? I think San Antonio has nobody on offense. Their whole team is injured, and Arlington has no offense at all. Those two teams, they both they just played back to back unders against each other. Those are very difficult teams to ask to score 40 points for you in a game.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, taking a look at the night cap, it is the undefeated D.C. defenders at the winless Orlando Guardians. D.C. laying 10 with a total of 45.
1: So we've seen this movie before, right, where in the NFL, where a winless team against a you know uh, a team that's just styling out there, playing, having a great year, and you take the home underdog catching double digits. So I, I see and and you look statistically at these two teams they're not far apart at all now when orlando turns it over 6 times and they lose 38 to 3 everyone will say I'm an idiot but I'll bet orlando has DC been a different team at home versus the road? Yeah, DC's really good at home. They the beer snake, the lemons they throw at the <laughs> at the refs and the and the players and the soccer stadium and the noise. The noise. Like the dude the grinch that's still The noise, 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 noise with the kajingers and the dingles and the and the beer snakes. Yeah, so you want to bet against DC on the road.
0: Howdy field there in D.C. And then on Sunday, one game, the Battle Hawks at
1: the Roughnecks, Houston laying three. Yeah, so I made this one five and a half. I maybe I've got Houston overrated, um, but um, St. Louis has a real nice home field advantage, so I want to bet against them on the road, mm-hmm. and it's a good bounce back spot for Houston off of the phony loss to D.C. where they shouldn't have lost by 11. So um, I am interested in Houston but, uh, you know, I got to be honest, the more I do this, this it's true in the NFL also, I don't mind laying points in college football. I don't like laying points in any of the, the professional football. It just seems like the, the road to a really fine winning record goes through underdogs and not backing favorites of more than two and a half points.
0: Well, that'll do it for the XFL. The four games coming up this weekend in Week Seven, but the Final Four is this weekend. Any betting advice for the Final Four, Fez?
1: You know, it's very difficult because you got to do, you know the, the bigger stadium mm-hmm. backdrop may throw teams off, but it sure looked like they switched out the ball that now they're using a ball that is more conducive for shooting and the like. Um, I really, I. I I think that if Connecticut steams to six, yeah, here's the bet not to make. Connecticut minus six has to be wrong. I don't know if it's going to go to six. I'm I really not sure, but it could. And, and they're completely the, the public side. And I know there's some out there saying, well, what's the difference between minus five and and a half and minus six? You don't lose if they land six. Well, you, you, you do lose because you don't win, you know? So to use the extreme example, let's say the line should be six, right? Um, if you're laying five and a half, you're it even. If you're laying six, you're paying the VIG. So, I mean, that's in the long run, you're going 48, 48, and four. So you're going to lose. You're laying six, but you're going to go 52 and 48 and basically break even, lay five and a half. So connect, don't play Connecticut minus six would just be my number one advice. What, what do you
2: guys think? I agree, and I, I feel like the market is so sharpened on this game because I've watched the the action on this game, and I've seen it hit five for two minutes mm-hmm. and then it's gone. I've seen it hit six for two minutes, then it's yeah. gone. Five and a half is where the number's supposed to be. Like there it's But this could today, but it could all change on game day. On sure. game the public could
1: get involved and then it could go to six.
2: And the the bets I made on the the tournament it, like I've gotten CLV on one and I've gotten negative CLV on the other. I but I, I also think like I don't know if I'm as worried about CLV now as I am say when I when I place a bet Wednesday night and the game's gonna go Thursday afternoon like when there it, it's a uh, a quick turnaround mm-hmm. like these markets are just so molded that like these are what the numbers are supposed to be. if if the number was way off of this, someone would have already swooped in and hammered it. And so it, if I'm off a half point, what I mean? What am I gonna do? Like it's it's a half point. Would I prefer to have it? Sure, but I'm not gonna panic about it. Like if and this actually I had I was very good doing overnights for CLV purposes this season. But if I if I lay a bet on Wednesday night and I wake up Thursday morning and I've lost two points, I'm like shit. What what did I do wrong here? What did I see wrong? Uh, you don't worry about that in these in these games at least. I will say there's a $100,000 limit at Circa,
1: all right? If you're trying to pick the winner of the Final Four, you're picking the wrong sport. Yeah. It's time to start handicapping Aussie rules football or something with, like, really— if you're betting a nickel a game, you should be betting a sport that has a nickel limit. You should be betting baseball props on strikeouts for whether DeGrom will over-under strikeouts. By the way, DeGrom was on a pitch count today. And his over-under was as high as eight yep. with a 70 pitch pitch count. You know how hard it is to get nine strikeouts when you only throw 70 pitches? Mm-hmm. Well, Derek oh, Cole did it. <laughs> um I was gonna say, and so <laughs> I think it, Dylan Cease did it too. Did the, the, the uh the, but, well deGrom did it despite we were debating, he gave up more extra base hits than I think he gave up all last year. Nothing but doubles and triples. Yeah, and and like I, and I did say, you know what? These if I struck out a lot, he struck out seven, and I was saying, you know. It would be better if people were lining out and we got out of the inning than they were hitting yeah. triples and mm-hmm. he strikes out the next dude. But um, yeah.
0: 73 pitches. Didn't even make it out of the third inning. Uh, didn't even make it out of the fourth inning. And he still struck out seven. And That's the fourth wild. inning,
1: talk about high drama. So it's the it's the fourth inning and he's got seven. The total in most places seven and a half uh, shaded to the over on the VIG and uh, the pitching coach comes out to see him they talk the pitching coach goes back out and it's like oh boy one he's going to have to go through two more batters and i think he went one more batter i'm not 100% sure of this and then then they yanked him before the inning was over i guess he hit over the 70 yep. pitches you know
0: yeah they didn't want him to go uh they didn't want him he actually got an out but it was a you know it was a, a, a deep shot it was a yeah. it was a hard line out to center field and they didn't want him to go another batter. You know, you could have gotten the the last out of the inning because there was two outs in the inning. But let's just say it's like you're running the risk. You had a plan. You had a pitch limit. You didn't want to let him keep going, and and you never know what could happen. So after he got that second out, they just pulled him.
1: Let me ask you. So you you only get like what thirty three starts for the year, something like as a starter. Yeah, most guys. Yeah, hey,
0: if you stay healthy for the whole year.
1: So our, around there. So our guy in Arizona got got beat up by the Dodger lineup. DeGrom got shelled. How much does that compromise them for Cy Young? I think a lot. I think it sets them back in a—they should give up five runs in a month. Well— And they just gave up five runs in five innings. It looks
0: bad now, but when they go the next three starts only allowing one run and their ERA drops lower and lower and lower, it's—I always say uh, for a baseball pitcher, it's like college football. It's better to lose early than lose late.
1: See, and I'm gonna As, I'm gonna disagree. I think it I I, I agree with you in college football. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the year, all these stat geeks, all they're looking at is every inning counts the same. Yes, of course.
0: But if you finish the year, like if you finish the year on, you know, a a fifteen inning scoreless streak and your ERA in September is point eight nine, the writers are gonna look at you a little differently than the way they looked at you in March April. I'm not and, so and sure, April.
1: because I think they're watching college football, and I think they already decided who they're going to vote for on August 18th.
0: <laughs> no, I think— I,
1: I, I, It would I be aw- interesting to see. I
0: think you know, awards— Momentum matters. I think awards are won at the end of the year. I mean, look, if Aaron Judge doesn't hit 62, he doesn't win the MVP, probably.
1: Well, I, well, I, I agree with that, but that's all that matters. I mean— they, they, he could have killed somebody and he would have won it because he hit 62. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's like such a that, that, that's such a huge number. But if Aaron Judge had um, hit 55, I I think for hitters, maybe it matters more for pitchers. But I think I think they just they, they're like, well, show me the graphs on, 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 you know, which guy had the most wins after replacement for the year. And you know what you give up? Five runs in three and a third innings. That's good. That's that is. Um, you just you, you cannot recover. You're going to have a lousy April. I don't care if you give up one run. Then for for a Cy Young guy, on May fifteenth, Degrom's going to look lousy compared to his competitors. You know, even if he pitches I, I, you know, you really could, well.
0: You, you could be right because last year Sandy Alcantara won the Cy Young in the National League. Clearly, all year the most dominant uh-huh. pitcher in the National League. He had a bad September and October. Is that right? He he, he went. Uh, he had six starts, posted a two nine three ERA, which was his highest ERA of any month that he pitched last season. In forty three innings, he allowed fourteen runs, the most runs he allowed in any month all season. And so, yeah, you can look at six home runs by far the most home runs he allowed in any month all season. So he was
1: pitching only like a top twenty-five pitcher instead of a yes. young pitcher. But you look but at the, still a lot of so many innings.
0: Yeah, you look at the rest of the year where you know in May in in the in April Unhandable. he had a one seven eight. Yeah. In June a one eight nine. July he had a two one two. So like I, yes, he was great all year. He had a very bad end of the year, but it didn't matter. He still won the award.
2: I do see where Fez is coming from, though. Like, let's say I and I don't, but let's say I had an Alec Manoa. Uh, Cy Young ticket and I saw the way he pitched today he leaves the game against the Cardinals he's got a 13 and a half ERA after, mm-hmm. after game one and then I also saw how Shane McClanahan pitched how Garrett Cole pitched yeah how Dylan Cease pitched it's like holy shit how how am I going to catch the how Otani pitched like you, you see okay I started out with a 13.5 ERA everybody else is at zero or a point nine like how do I catch up with these guys all right, well here here we go. Cy Young Award in the American League. Let's see if the I don't
0: these maybe these are updated right now. DeGrom favored, Garrett Cole second favorite, Dylan C's third favorite, Alec Manoa fourth favorite. No, it can't be updated. It's not up there. Because Manoa wouldn't be
2: uh I and I don't think uh I don't think deGrom would either. Yeah,
0: DeGrom DeGrom got shelled.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I think it's, it's time to cease betting anyone but cease. But yeah, again, Shane McLean was, was brilliant. He yeah. was brilliant. Garrett Cole struck out like ten guys in the first four mm. innings. I, they, it was just there was some really really good pitching yesterday. Padres
1: under ninety five wins automatic win right. They can they cannot recover. From it's, it's over. It's yeah, done. They, they
2: lost to the Rockies. Head to the win. They head to the they can't win. Do no, it right. The, Angels speak- too. Oh, you bet Angels us? They lost to the A's game one. There's no. You can't. Process. They lost. They lost. What was the final score? Two to one.
1: It, you know, this you is know the they, irony. So here's Scott, Scott we, we, we had the Angels, and Scott's telling me, like, Fez, it, it it's one other. Like I'm like, icy calm. We'll get, we'll, we'll get some
2: scoring. Yeah, I didn't think we'd get it from the freaking A's. I thought, <laughs> yeah. A's this, scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. This was the big mistake the Angels made. They let Otani hand the ball to the manager, and then the manager handed the ball to another pitcher. That's when I knew it was over.
0: No, the biggest mistake they made <laughs> was uh, not hitting a guy who gave up 18 runs in 18 innings this spring and was making his, you know, 13th major league career Scott, major
2: league start. He struck out 24 guys in a row in high school. Oh, that's right,
0: high school. He had a great high school. <laughs> Do you know this? A's team had six players making their major league debut today. Yeah, six. Wow. Well, this is a triple A is team. This,
1: so, is this a three game series that they're playing? Yes. So, so we're already we're we so we go to Defcom. How high did DEFCON go? Five. DEFCON so, five. So we're, we're at Defcom three. Meaning, so we're uh, if, if if by some miracle the A's win game two. We have to bet the Angels to avoid the sweep, right? I mean, that's just—I would like, bet my—I
0: would bet my life on the Angels to avoid the sweep.
1: I would scale back your bet size. <laughs> All right, well, well, just like, <laughs> maybe just maybe just bet like bet your like left your friend's life. Yeah, may, yeah, may,
0: a kiddie, sure. Maybe like a finger. You can, yeah, okay, you <laughs> can take a finger. If, oh, of course. If, if they, if they, of course. Yeah. Or you know what? Like the middle of my toes. Leave me like the th- the the big toe and the pinky toe, so I can balance myself. But if you want to take out like a toe in the middle. If the Angels get swept by the A's, yeah, we we can do that. Here I come in on Monday and I'm missing a toe. It'll be fun. The Angels got swept by That'll the be A's. Fun. Yeah, you, you see me like walking on crutches. That's hilarious. You're Like what happened, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when I said. Otani, remember it's what happened. I said. You could take a toe. <laughs> Fez took it literally. Yeah, <laughs> he took a toe. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Major League Baseball, like how are you approaching the the early start of the baseball season, Fez, betting wise?
1: Uh, I always do like... you
0: live bet baseball.
1: I do, but not nearly as much. Remember how he said, like, if you're live betting college basketball and you're not winning, you're lying. I don't believe you if you get your ducks in a row. If you tell me you're live betting MLB and you're losing, I believe you. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's a lot harder. Um, the I'll say this about my number one take. I used to check baseball scores. I'm like, my God, nothing happens. And now there was a game today where literally um, it went—I won Atlanta partly to the over, so I got that one. And I didn't give it out to my clients. I bet it personally. And it was in the sixth inning, and it was 4-2. Mm-hmm. It literally went from the bottom of the sixth to the bottom of the eighth during one Bruce Springsteen song. I don't know. I think it was Rosalita, so it was a long song. But you get the idea. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, how is that possible? Yankees and Giants finished a 5 nothing game in, what, two and a half hours? Quick
0: work. It was yeah. the, it was like the shortest opening day in Yankees. One of the shortest opening days in Yankee history. Astros
2: White Sox yeah. game was, was about the same two and a half
1: hours. You know, quick. it's funny because there's you know there's purists and people arguing, and and, and eventually you know, eventually what's going to happen is they're going to say, you know what, in any game where there's a um, a four or less run lead. In the ninth inning, we're going to, like, extend the pitch clock for five seconds. I, th- I really think they're going to do something. Well, that's what sc- I called for. I, I called like for
0: on, on, on the last straight out of Vegas. I said, if it's a save situation. There you go, and I said, and then you you have to do it for the other team as well, the team that's winning. It has to be fair for both sides. But we already have like when you you can't just say if it's a close game because how do you define a close game? Well, Major League Baseball already does it for you. Mm -hmm. They define a close game by being a three run game in the ninth. That is a safe
1: situation. Perfect. So any
0: three run game in the ninth inning, no pitch clock.
1: No one, no fan is upset with the slower pace of the ninth inning. What we have to avoid is this utter and ridiculous bullshit of a 9-2 game where the pitcher's you know wants to you know maximize his ERA so he keeps like taking 38 seconds between each and every pitch. Um, I do think that we talked about how some of these pitchers are really not going to like this pitch clock and others are maybe excel with it. We saw some extreme tails. We talked about the grand salami and maybe we want to avoid the under on a grand salami and we saw that today where for the most part there was a lot of low scoring games. The salami sailed over. Why? Because the Ravens defeated the Patriots 10-9. The, um, the Argonauts, you know, beat the Cardinals 10-9. to <laughs> And the Steelers, you know, got beat by the Cowboys 11-8 today. There was, you know, three—OK, okay, they're not football scores. What sport would that be? There were three volleyball scores.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I the, there
1: were, there was a lot of high lacrosse, scoring There were three yeah. lacrosse scores, OK?
0: Yes. We also saw, you know, pitchers calling their own—like Otani and Dylan Cease called their own pitches— because they didn't want to have any mix up with their catchers, because they're on they're a time crunch, and you don't want to waste time shaking a catcher off. So you call your own pitch, you get on the rubber, and you get ready to throw. This way, you save time. We also saw Rafael Devers get called out on a strikeout for not being in the batter's box when there's eight seconds left. So, well, get your fat butt in there. Then he stepped out. It was uh, there was a, it was a, it was it was like a pass ball or a foul ball, whatever. And he stepped out of the box. You know, catcher got a new ball from the from the umpire, threw it back to the pitcher, and this is where I think, as a pitcher and catcher, you can screw with the batter. If there's a pass ball, right, and, and there's nobody on base, obviously, and, or a ball that bounces in the dirt, and if you see the batter step out of the box... Boom, let's go. Get the ball from the umpire, throw yeah, it back to your go. pitcher, because as soon as you bring it back to your pitcher... The tick, clock starts tick, and so that's what happened. So the pitcher got the ball back, and Devers stepped out. He adjusted, you know, adjusted his batting gloves, and he steps back in. He takes a deep breath. It's a three-two count, or whatever it was, or two strikes. And by the time he got in the batter's box, seven seconds on the clock, umpire goes, "Good time, good strike
2: three, batter's out." Rules are the same I, for everyone. Prema, I saw something. Madonna. I hey, saw out something out crazy it. today, like in the Mets game. Uh, Pete Alonso, like. Took too long getting back to first base Yeah, after a foul ball. Okay. And what'd they do? Put another strike on the batter. Yes. So instead of a one-strike foul, it was 0-0. He fouled it off. should have been 0-1. They said it's 0-2 now. Good. Good. Get
1: your fat ass back on the base. (laughs) It's
2: like the the pace of play is too slow.
1: You're a professional athlete. You're not in a wheelchair. Get back to first.
0: Yeah. Took too long getting back to first. I guess he wasn't... On first, within the same time, like the eight seconds that the batter had. The batter has to be in the box with eight seconds left on the clock, and Alonzo wasn't back yet on the bag, touched up and ready to go. And so everyone's got to be on the ready for play. It's like. Of course. uh, Yeah. It's, you know what this is? This is turning like baseball into almost like football. There's a play clock, and.
1: It's speed dating, man. You got to be be. It's a volume game. Most of the girls are going to hate me. So we got to go through as many as possible. Basketball is a shot clock. Football
0: is a play clock, right? You got to now baseball has a pitch clock. And and, uh, there was a couple of balls that were called automatic balls. And there was that automatic strikeout given to Devers. But for the most part, watching games, and I watched a bunch of full games today,
1: I wasn't really bothered by it. I I love the when I when I was watching mm-hmm. I love the pace of play you know yeah. and and how quickly everything is and I, I and you know what the proof is in the pudding the excitement we we have never we never talk baseball before the season starts now Scott being here certainly helps but we had a a pod we talked hours and hours deep deep into the night we
2: talked baseball I think we're all like jazzed about baseball what's going on right. Well, I don't, there was a. I went okay. one and zero on opening day. So no one, no one cares. I'm very jazzed about baseball. one. You've got a perfect record. I'm an expert. Fizz. I'm I don't one like to run. one. I oh. paid the vig. I suck. Mm. There was sounds a, like there's only one expert between the two of them. Uh,
0: Stolen bases galore today too. You know,
2: talk pit, to me about that. What do you got for
0: pitchers only being allowed to throw over twice and uh, guys taking off the bigger bases? What was the now? success
1: rate? Do you have a uh, how many were thrown out? Oh, uh, let's see. Was it? Uh, You know, I could really see if you've got a liability at catcher, (laughs) now all of a sudden, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, the only guys that get thrown out stealing bases are slow guys, and they always get thrown out by like three inches.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah. So here we go. We had on opening day stolen base attempts. The average length of the 15 games here on opening day were two hours and 45 minutes. Still too long. Last year's average, three hours and three minutes. Mm -hmm. So opening day this year was about 18 minutes less than the typical contest last year. And we did have three really high-scoring teams. Teams this year uh, went—teams on opening day, 21 for
1: 23 on stolen bases. Who who got thrown out? (laughs) Right? You know, when you go 21 for 23, you're not attempting enough. So this is almost like the word's going to get out and they're going to— they're really going to pick on bad catchers and slow pitchers without a move? There were 14
0: pitch timer violations, nine by pitchers or fielders, five by the batters.
1: Do you think it's a point of emphasis and that they'll give the, everyone a little more of a benefit of the doubt as we move forward in the in the year? I
0: think so, because watching uh, some of the games today, they were saying it does, it does come down to umpire discretion because here's what some pitchers were doing. They would call for a pitch com error, right? Yeah. So it resets the clock. They said, hey, blue, blue, I, yeah. can't, I can't hear. Yeah. I can't hear the, the pitch com. The catcher would come out and say, oh, my clicker's not working. Good. Okay. So now the umpire talks about it. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then, hey. Are we going to assess a ball, or are we going to let it go? That's the umpire discretion. Another situation was a guy bent down tied shoelaces. Yes. Well, it's umpire discretion. When do we start the clock? And then you'll see the umpire. You'll see them doing this little finger wave. What's to
1: prevent me from having to tie my shoe when I know I'm like not going to get in there until there you go. Yeah, that's how you you can reset the clock. I know it was exceptional about this. The NFL rule where if you snap the ball like half a second late. They tell the field judge that you know that to, to um, even though a major league baseball umpire can watch the throw hitting the bag and the and, and the foot hitting first base and get it right every time. I know he's listening to the con- contact with the glove. but yet somehow the field judge or whoever's making that call in, in football, um, he has to like only look over when, after the balls clearly snapped to see if the play clock you know got got snapped. It, it, I mean, is that really th- that hard, you know, to go three, <laughs> two? One zero, right? No, he has to see it, right? Um, Seems but, manageable. Yeah, but 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 then again, it's better for, for the flow of the game. You're giving people an extra half second, basically. The offense, at least, really an extra second, and that's good. You don't want flags flying.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought it was a, a successful day for the new Major League Baseball rules. So really did excellent. Yep,
1: and I think I think there's a lot of interest and excitement. And um, the Red season is over since they lost at home against Pittsburgh. But aside from that, it should be. <laughs> Everyone's happy about baseball. but the game went over. And Every all, game goes over all, in Cincinnati. All games in Cincinnati just
0: go you, over. You taught
1: me that. It's like well, like, like I was arguing with Scott. It's like Arizona. Is, it's just it's higher scoring than Cincinnati. And like we look at the stats in Arizona with Yumador, like is average in Cincinnati's launching pad.
0: Yes, yeah, that exactly. Embar- that was embarrassed. O'Neill Cruz went one out of the ballpark yes. today, uh, and Aaron Judge hit the first home run of twenty twenty three. How fitting, really? Right? Yeah. Well the Yankees played in that first window of games and in his first at bat.
1: Where does he hit in the lineup?
0: Second. Okay. Yeah. And he homered on Homered first first at bat of the game. His I over mean, on Richie he saw. Second pitch was it? Okay, his over under
1: is now forty three and a half, not forty four and a half. I mean, he's
0: on pace to hit one hundred and sixty two now. Yes, he'll he's going to
1: set the RBI record. Oh, more more than that. He only got he's on pace for three hundred or whatever. I think they'd have
2: to give him the MVP again. (laughs) Didn't Hack Wilson get one hundred eighty RBIs? Something like that. How's that possible? I have no idea. I mean, Lou Gehrig, his number, some of his numbers were absurd. It's like, well, it makes sense. Babe Ruth was hitting in front of you. Yeah, you you had a lot of RBI chances. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Well, Fez, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Fezic Focus. We hope you enjoyed that Fez tale. And, uh, you know, it's about a morality issue,
1: right? You but- know, and and there's things like when I argue math, I I, I can be a jerk. And I'm like, no, the math is what the math is. A lot of this stuff is really fuzzy. You know, what's right, what's wrong, morality. And I fully respect, if you disagree with me completely, I fully respect it. I mean, this is not a clear-cut situation. I will say this. If um, if I'm ever at a blackjack table and the dealer overpays me and you're at the blackjack table and you correct the dealer for overpaying <laughs> me, I will clothesline you. <laughs> uh, well, speaking
0: of overpaying, you never have to overpay at pregame.com because we are constantly giving you discounts to use, especially on Mr. Steve Fezix packages, which there are a bunch of them, including Major League Baseball through the All-Star break, right? And, yes. And then full season. Uh, I believe there's like a combo package now you can get with like all of Fez's plays. I mean, you might as well jump on that. It's probably the best bang for your buck because you just get like everything that Fez has to offer. Well, you can take 20% off at Pregame.com and you can use Fezix promo code Vegas20. Vegas20 will get you 20% off at pregame.com. So head to the website. If you're not a member already, sign up. It's free. Get your free $25, and then use the promo code VEGAS20 to take 20% off on the website. Fezzik's got some great packages for you up there, ready to go, ready to win. Fezzik
1: was up like 37 units in baseball last year. You know that? Strong work. You know, my runs, hits, errors was so good, and
0: it's there was a run last year, and I, I, I it was like eleven straight or something like that. Yeah, runs, I, hits, I, errors, I,
1: I had a nineteen and two run, and I'm one yeah. and zero this year. So I, I played. I, I assume it won. Cleveland, Seattle did runs, hits, errors under twenty three and a half. It was a three nothing game. I, I we I, won. Yeah, it was. It's if it's three nothing, you win. Total. <laughs> your,
0: your, what was your total? Of? Twenty three and a half.
1: They yeah, it was 14. Got
0: fourteen. Fourteen.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Seven hits by the Mariners, four hits by the Guardians, only three runs by the Mariners.
1: That's I don't important. like
2: calling them Guardians. I'm calling them guards. Like, my, longest yard. So my son, uh, my younger son, is a bit was a big Indians fan like Mm -hmm. he was he loved the movie Major League Mm -hmm. uh he got the Rick Vaughn haircut when he was little around here I can respect that around here Mr. Vaughn we wear sleeves we wear caps and sleeves at this level son yeah and uh (laughs) he does not like calling them the Guardians and my wife was like well it's racially insensitive to call them the Indians and he's like I don't know what that means like mm-hmm. I just don't like the name Guardians. Like they they could have picked another name. I'm not gonna call them that. My, one of my favorite you, Seinfeld episodes was,
1: of course, when he's dating the Native American Indian, a, a, and he's like, "We should we should go to the game tonight." And she's and and she's like, "I don't think we can. It's sold out." And he's like, "No problem. We'll just buy tickets from a scalper." I, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, they were real. And, she, and she's getting madder and madder. And he's like, "It's it's okay. it's okay. My, my buddy already made a reservation." You remember this episode, right? Yes, of course. And he apologizes and apologizes. And then at the end, Kramer goes by in like a cab. And he says, hey, Jerry, look at the wooden, wooden Indian I got. That's <laughs> great.
0: It's great. A lot of guys have control problems. They work it out in the minors and go on to great careers. Take Ryan here, for example. He's like, huh? Never mind, Ryan. <laughs>
2: You do some good impersonations, man. I got to give you credit. I got to give you credit. Well, this is the Fezic
0: Focus here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. We'll talk to you next week.